Elliot, did you see this week's season premiere of The Walking Dead? <sighs> Alas, I did, and yet again... The Walking Dead proves that you can't really get attached to anyone. Yeah, a lot of people are really kind of outraged about it. I thought it was probably a little too gruesome, especially for a main character. But, you know, I didn't think it was anything to lose your head over. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. Geek Counter Geek with Chief Conrad and Elliot Servato. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. I'd just like to say, get a life. Not a good time to lose one's head. Oh, indeed. That's not the way to get ahead in life. No. <laughs> it's a shame he wasn't more headstrong. Mm. He'll never be the head of a major corporation. Okay, that'll do. Okay. Geek Counter Geek number 71. I'm Keith Conrad, at Keith R. Conrad on Twitter. And, of course, joined, as always, by Elliot Serrano. Elliot, who is actually joining us from the road, where I believe he's on the run from the mob. (laughs) And, of course, you can follow Elliot's exploits at Elliot Serrano on Twitter. With two L's, two T's, and two R's. If you forget any of those double consonants, you won't find me. And you can also follow us on uh, Twitter at Geek Counter Geek, where, uh, you know, I'll occasionally post a few links to, to interesting things that have come along. Geek Counter Geek, a part of the Radio Misfits podcast network, which is actually in the not too distant future also going to be home to the Vintage Space podcast hosted by uh, Amy Shira Title, one of my very favorite people on the Internet. Remember, great talk radio and apparently space talk didn't die. It just went to a better place. Now, uh, you know, the big news this week or, you know, over the past few days was that uh, Donald Glover has been cast as uh, Lando Calrissian in the new Star Wars movie. I guess it's going to come out after Episode 8 because it's the second anthology movie or second spinoff standalone story, the Young Han Solo Chronicles. I, I can't remember if they've decided that it's going to be a trilogy yet or a pair. Um, but I know that, yeah, um, the, the kid that they've got to play Han Solo, a young Han Solo, eh, looks sort of like Harrison Ford. We'll see. Um, I don't know, though. I'm not sure I'm convinced that Donald Glover is uh, necessarily Lando Calrissian. Yeah, I always, you know, I, I, probably because of his character on uh, on Community, but I always kind of kind of think of him as you know sort of the lovable goofball kind of guy, not like the the suave Colt forty five salesman uh, Billy D Williams. Yeah, no, Billy D Williams. I mean, when you think about it, um, Billy D Williams in in his day was closer to, to the sex appeal of say Prince. Than you know, than the Donald Glover of Community. I'm not saying that Donald Glover can't be sexy, um, but um, they might be missing out on something. Oh, then, then again, they could be talking about Young Lando, who before he got really, you know, really, really seductive, and was <laughs> a, was able to, you know, pretty much take that Corellian spice wine and, you know, and, 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 and get the ladies to fly off with him in the Millennium Falcon. Because, yes, Lando was the original owner of the Millennium Falcon. Well, we don't know that he was the original owner. He just owned it before Han Solo. That is correct. Although I guess that would probably make sense 
but uh, yeah, yeah, we don't we don't know that for sure. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. And you know, I guess one thing to keep in mind is that you don't necessarily know how much of a part Lando Calrissian is actually going to play in the movie. He may just have. You know, well, I, I doubt they'd cast somebody like Donald Glover for a cameo, but it may not be a big role in this movie. He might just show up for the Sabak match, where where Han Solo wins a Falcon from him. You know, but they're supposed to have a history. The two are supposed to have a history. They were supposed to be friends. Um, you know, maybe not best friends, but you know, they, they they were they were running buddies. So I'm guessing there'll be more. And then you know. It opens it up to other other characters. I mean, you can even bring back Boba Fett. You know, everybody seems to want them to bring back Boba Fett. That's what it, it always comes down to Boba Fett, doesn't it? Uh, you know, that, that, that's, uh, I want a job where I can show up for all of 10 minutes and then people just want to, you know, buy all my action figures. That's true, yeah. I, I, I guess the secret is really that they, uh, you know, they, they really built him up as, you know, a... a big main character a new addition to the star wars universe you know and maybe a new baddie and then pretty much as soon as they had introduced him they killed him so i mean you know i i know that uh my friend john howell always says that uh, elvis's greatest career move was dying because uh, you know then everybody wanted to buy his records so it's probably the same thing <laughs> well why don't we say the same thing about darth maul <clears throat> well that's true again, you know, everybody actually kind of does like darth maul yeah, and then although they did, you know, technically Darth Maul didn't die in the Phantom Menace, he they resurrected him for Clone Wars, and he's even back in Rebels as well, and uh, which I'm still wrapping my brain around, but whatever, you know. So well, I guess since technically he didn't die in Rebels, it, it was possible that he was going to be around, but you know, c- considering the fact that uh, you know he was just. I mean, really, when you think about it in the in the movie, he was just kind of a throwaway character. He's the throwaway character that just keeps coming back. Coming back. Literally. Throw it away, thrown away, <laughs> and keeps coming back. Kind of like a boomerang. A, a, a little <coughs> bit, yeah. A big uh, big red devil-looking uh, boomerang. Yep. So, but I'm surprised they haven't brought Boba Fett back in Rebels, too. I mean, we're getting to that point. Uh, weird. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up at some point. But, you know... Who, who knows? I mean, they brought had, back battle droids. <laughs> they, they, they brought back battle droids this week, and, um, you know, Leia's been there. I think, didn't Chewie show up at, at one point? Uh, no, that, that would have been a big deal. I'd remember that if that had happened. That happened. I think Chewie showed up in um, Clone Wars. They, the the Wookiees showed up in Clone Wars? No, I take that back. It was Rebels. They rescued some, some Wookiees in the first season of Clone Wars. Oh, that's what I'm thinking about. Cause that's, yeah, because that's when uh, Kanan sort of outed himself as a Jedi. Correct. Yeah. And they were Wookiees. I don't think it was Chewie, but there were Wookiees. Yeah, there, there were definitely Wookiees. That's what I'm thinking of. So this is the Halloween Spectacular, and... Um, you know, I it, you you could say uh, you know this is some a somewhat abbreviated version of uh, geek counter geek, and I wish I could say it's because uh, you know it's Halloween and we have to go out at trick or treating, but really it's because the Cubs are playing in the World Series uh, tonight, and we just wanted to get this done as quickly as possible. 
<laughs> I hope it's a treat and not a trick. Exactly. So I, I was thinking, I was talking with somebody about this today, uh, your favorite Halloween costume uh, growing up. And I think to me, the most memorable one is when my mom created a California raisin outfit out of a garbage bag. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of glad that I don't believe there's pictures of that laying around because if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure it was blackface. <laughs> oh no <clears throat> well let's see i'm trying to remember my own halloween costumes as a kid i remember i mean i made myself a rom space knight uh costume which was essentially pieces of cardboard wrapped in aluminum foil that i wore on i wore i strapped a piece to my face and a, and a piece and i wore it across my chest and because I couldn't make a ROM Space Knight neutralizer gun like you had in the comics, I made a sword out of cardboard, which I also wrapped in aluminum foil. The problem being is that I didn't like really glue or tape the aluminum foil on. <laughs> so by the end of the evening, I was just some kid walking around with pieces of cardboard hanging off of them. With, with, with so. occasional stray pieces of, uh, of aluminum foil just okay. hanging on for dear life. Oh, and then there was a day I went as a $6 million man. But I didn't have the jumpsuit, so I just made little um, uh, uh, little tattoos that I put on my arms to reveal my bionic parts. But you couldn't see them because they didn't roll my sleeves or my pants up. So, you know, people would just ask you, "Who are you?" I go, "I'm the six million dollar man." You just can't see my bionic parts. So, really, you were just like the the six dollar man. The six, the, more like the the sixty cents man. Yeah, you know. that's not too bad. Now, uh, the Simpsons, they decided to do their Treehouse of Horror a little earlier this year because they, they, they did it on the 16th, and they did it so that uh, the, the Treehouse of Horror would be the 600th episode. I guess they, they just wanted to, you know, kill two birds with one stone. And, I you know, I, I have to say I was, I was pretty underwhelmed because it seems like at this point, like, I, I, I don't know if they, they feel like they've run out of, you know, like horror movies and TV shows to actually parody now, but it seems like they, they're not even trying to do scary things anymore. Like, they, they did the Hunger Games, which I guess is, you know, it's kind of scary. It's kids being forced to kill each other. That's not exactly fun. Um, but they also did, like, a parody of The Kingsman, and I'm just like, how did this end up in, in the, the Treehouse of Horror? I, I, I just don't understand it. Remember when they used to do the disclaimer in the beginning of the episode saying that it would be very scary and that, you know, because it was one year that the episode was so scary that children were frightened and they wrote letters in the Fox complaining about it. And then they had to do the whole bit with Marge Simpson coming out in the beginning of the episode. You know, have they done that at all since then? No, they haven't done anything like that, uh, you know, really probably since the first uh, first few episodes. And I, I really don't know how to describe the difference between, like, the first few years, you know, and now. Because, like, the first few years, I mean, it's a cartoon, so it wasn't scary, so you weren't. But but there was like, you know, within the universe, there was like a, a, a little bit of a, a sense of doom that just hasn't existed over the past few years. Well, was it because the Treehouse episodes don't they don't take place within the quote unquote canon or continuity? Right. So they could do what they could do whatever they wanted. And then, yeah, you, you could conceivably have the Simpsons all die at the end of an episode or have their skin ripped off or anything. And it just reset itself with the next episode. Um, 
And it's funny that there's one episode of a regular season episode of The Simpsons that would have worked perfectly as a Treehouse of Horror episode, which would have been You Only Move Twice, where um, Homer goes to work for Hank Scorpio, who's the Bond villain. And that would have been, you know, perfect. I, I could, But th- that actually happened within continuity, if you believe that. Yeah, and, and let me tell you, I think if, if there's one uh, character that needs to come back on The Simpsons, it's Hank Scorpio. Oh, I keep waiting. They, they they actually brought back Hank Scorpio in the Simpsons comic book. Um, uh, Bongo Comics does a Simpsons comic, and yes, Hank Scorpio returned for that. And I've I've always wondered what happened to Hank Scorpio. Um, whenever Albert Brooks does a character on the Simpsons, that's pretty that's pretty cool. Um, and then, um, uh, of course, my favorite of all the. Uh, Simpsons episodes has to be um, when they did The Shining. I, you know, I think that's one that uh, a lot of people remember. Um, you know, I'm I'm trying to think of my favorite. I, I definitely liked uh, the Omega Man. Um, <laughs> that, that was one of my favorites. Um, re- really, to me, just because of uh, you know of my pop culture tastes, anything that they did that was parroting the Twilight Zone. Like uh, in the first uh, Treehouse of Horror, they had Hungry Are the Damned, which was basically to serve man from the Twilight Zone because there were, you know, cannibalistic aliens. And because of the time of year that it's always involved in, um, the uh, Citizen Kang, where they, oh, uh, they, yeah. they, they parodied the 1996 election. I mean, that, that one, there, there's so many things that you can, so many great lines from that one, like a twirling towards freedom. And, uh, when, uh, when, um, uh, uh, what, you know, whoever's Kang or Koto is whoever's Bill Clinton is, you know, talking about how, um, you know, you're, you're all doomed. And then, uh, Homer or, uh, Mart says, Oh, that's smooth Willie always with the slick talk. <laughs> oh, and then of course, I'm, I try to remember the episode where Pierce Brosnan was the voice of the the uh, computerized house. Yeah, that was, that was uh, actually a, a fairly recent one. I mean, recent as in it was probably still ten years ago, but but ten, fairly right. recent. Yeah. Oh, don't don't remove don't remove my British charm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he starts talking in a Brock accent. Ah, yeah, asswipe. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's back when that's that that's back when that that show was that show was funny. Yeah, it, it well, you know, I, I I will say it, especially considering how long it's been on, they they still make me chuckle every uh, you know every episode. It's just not quite on the level that it used to be. I'm just amazed that it's still. I mean, again, that it is still on. It's not like a. I mean, I guess you can say the Simpsons are an institution, um, but I mean producing animation is not cheap you know unless they they're exporting everything to korea and you know they're just you know the, the the animators are dropping like flies there and they just keep you know throwing in a new kid you know just keep throwing them in well that could be well i think it's it's probably gotten a lot uh, more cost effective now that you can do a lot of it on computers right um and then let's see that uh, you, you have to, as far as the Treehouse of Horror episodes go, then let's see. There's um, 
they did the demon seed they did well, of course yeah everyone knows don't blame me i voted for kodos right yeah uh, I mean, and that's something everybody uses in every election at this point every election um the one where marge and her sisters were all witches yeah Remember? that was that was one that was tacked on the end and um yeah that was uh yeah that was a good one i i think um i, I think it's called easy bake coven i think that that was easy bake coven. yeah that was that was the episode a bit of a feminist screed, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, you mentioned how in the first few episodes, they always did like a disclaimer thing. You know, there was one year where they did, they parodied uh, Night Gallery, and that was, uh, you know, sort of the setup for the whole episode. That's another thing where uh, it used to be that the setup for the episode was them telling you know, telling scary stories, you know, sometimes they were in the tree house. Sometimes they were, you know, there was one year where it was just a Halloween party and, and they were telling stories and they, they also got away from that. Yeah. Like they, I, I think at, at some point they decided to, you know, just get rid of the, the storytelling framework and say, we're just going to do this bit. People know it's not really happening. I mean, it's a cartoon, you know, <laughs> I hope whoever thought we would have noticed that lost their job. <laughs> They're not the only ones who did uh, Halloween episodes because, uh, you know, Roseanne used to turn in a, a, a really great Halloween episode every year. And uh, also Home Improvement. I don't remember anything about that that series, except they did Halloween pretty good, too. Halloween. Yeah. Then Family Guy now does Christmas episodes. So, Yeah, yeah, cr- Christmas and uh, Star Wars uh, things, although Star Wars. Yeah, I think they're pretty much done with that at this point. So uh, a, a few quick things for us to uh, kick around before we uh, head off into the sunset here. What would you say is the best horror movie about a crazy guy living in a hotel, Psycho or The Shining? Ooh. As a struggling That's, writer, you may identify with the, with the guy. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, yeah, all work and no play make Elliot a dull boy. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, The Shining, just because that movie is so atmospheric, and there are that scene when Jack Nicholson starts losing his stuff and 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 starts chasing Shelley Duvall, you know, around the around the hotel and has the axe, all those things. Still, you know, I'll give Stanley Kubrick this. That bit, that final act is kind of drawn out, kind of long, but um, the atmosphere is just chilling. Um, whereas, you know, I'm afraid uh, Psycho just doesn't hold up as well for me. Well, I think days. especially it's one of those movies where, uh, you know, sort of like an M. Night Shyamalan movie, except, you know, obviously not as bad, uh, where, <laughs> where where the first time you see it, it's great. But once you know what's going to happen, it, it really doesn't hold up to, a, to another viewing. Yeah, there's really not that much violence in, well, I mean, relatively... When you compare The Shining and Psycho, they both have... I think the body count is, what, two people die in each movie? I, I think so. About the same, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, and but it's not, you know, again, way... I mean, with uh, Psycho, of course, it's Hitchcock playing with storytelling conventions and, and, and plot, whereas um, Kubrick, it was all about the mood. So I, I, yeah. I would say I'd go with I'd go with uh, The Shining. Uh, best horror movie about a house that really hates its owner: Poltergeist or The Amityville Horror? <laughs> um, 
That's a cool. Okay, I'm going to tell you something. The Amityville Horror, I remember as a kid seeing it in the theater. I remember not being spooked by anything in that movie until the very last act and you saw the pig in the window. And I literally, I literally screamed in the theater when I saw that. I screamed. I freaked out. I just, I, I, I don't know why. Something about it made me scream. Having said that, pound for pound, <laughs> Poltergeist is just, a, just a, a much more entertaining film. Well, it's I like, think it's, it's, it's like much more Robinson. Yeah, it's it's much more memorable because you know, like I couldn't tell you one line from uh, the Amityville Horror, but you know everybody knows they're here and uh, this house is clean and um, you know you didn't move the you didn't move the bodies, you just moved the headstones. Yeah. Um, yeah. Get out. That's the only thing people know from Amityville Horror. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, best movie about a car. Uh, Christine or Maximum Overdrive. I think they're both actually Stephen King movies, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they're both based on Stephen King books. I'm surprised you didn't mention The Car, which uh, was also about a uh, car. I, I, was, uh, I, I was thinking uh, maybe the Knight Rider Christmas special, too, but I decided to leave that one out. <laughs> um, those are good. Those are good, though. Those are both really good. Uh, Maximum Overdrive with um, Emilio Estevez. Yeah, and that's when all the all the machines in the world go turn on people, and the the best one of the best deaths in the beginning is when someone's killed by a coke machine. Um, yeah. You know why haven't have the Simpsons done a parody of that yet? Because yes, if, if not, they did. Oh, they did. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, they did do a Maximum Overdrive one. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, um, but I'm gonna go with Christine because um, it's just the cool factor. And all that. Plus, I had a nerdy guy turn evil and and a cool car. And, and you gotta love that. And uh, I I think that one was just you know I, I think that um, like Christine was more creepy and um, you know Maximum Overdrive was kind of just goofy. Goofy and kind of really violent. I mean, the bits with Christine. Um, you know, it, it's like you sit there and you go, how can a person actually be terrified by a car? which I remember from the movie The Car, which came out before, starring a very young James Brolin, and it's this black car just running around, running people over and killing them. And you sit there and you go, why didn't anyone just go like up a flight of stairs? Yeah, that would have made a lot of sense, yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what the hell town are they living in where there's no stairs or elevators? No stairs or elevators or like even like speed bumps or barricades, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see that's the problem with horror movies is when you stop and think about it it's just so easy to 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 get out alive that you know <laughs> what, what's the entertainment value in that i mean first of all if you don't have sex in the movie you're going to survive that's that's rule number one well yeah yeah that, that reminds me of um, of a short film that um local filmmaker joe avella made called wheelchair werewolf it's about a guy who turns into a werewolf and he chases people. But if you want to get away from him, just run up a f- again, run up a flight of stairs. If it's not handicap accessible, he can't get to you. <laughs> and with the uh, well, you know, the Americans with Disabilities Act that took care of that. Now, now, so that he can get out of anywhere he wants. Anywhere. Just don't hide in a non-ADA compliant building. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> no big deal. And you know, when, yeah, when uh, Donald Trump is elected president, we'll have those everywhere everywhere yeah 
And finally, the best mass Halloween prank of all time, uh, Harry Houdini dying or the War, War of the Worlds broadcast? Those are both really good. I mean, but I think just for the mass hysteria and the fact that so many people thought into the world had come because of it, I'm going to go with the Orson Welles War of the Worlds uh, broadcast. I would, too. And, and that held up until 2016 when the you know presidential election became the biggest Halloween prank of all time. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cabotron.